Hello, and welcome to Connecting with Mike and Adrian. We will explore stories and personal experiences that have strengthened our connections in hopes that they strengthen yours. Welcome to Connecting with Mike and Adrian. We are your hosts, Adrian Olson and Mike Olson. Today's episode is one that I'm super excited about. It is reading aloud. That's the topic for today. And we picked it because it's a lifelong passion for me. Literacy is a really big deal for me. I think I get excited about it. I think we don't talk about it enough. And so we thought we would talk about how reading aloud has been meaningful to us and to our family. Yeah, I, I think it's been a big part. You know, I... As I look back to my childhood, uh, I, I vaguely remember being read to. I mean, I mean, I've got some memory back then, but, but I mean, gosh, I guess it was a long time ago. But, uh, but I, I do remember being read to, but not strong memories of it. But I, I love hearing stories aloud. Yeah, that just has always been been important to me. I'm a very much a visual thinker. And so I mean, I can read a book. I love reading books. I've always read just a ton of sci fi when I was younger. That was one of my probably most favorite sci fi and fantasy biggest genres. And loved creating the story, seeing the other worlds build in my brain. But if someone else is reading it, I just had more freedom to create those stories in my brain and see those images more clear. Yeah, I, I don't remember being read to, although I'm sure my parents, when I was really little, mm-hmm. got out picture books and read stories to me, but I don't have real good memories of those specific times. For me, reading aloud became really interesting when I was in elementary school. And I don't know if anybody else had this, but um, my elementary school teachers read to the class. Usually it was after like lunch and recess, kind of like a chilling out period before heading back into some content. And they would read a a chapter book, right? Right. And so a lot of times it was that we weren't even to the level of reading a chapter book, but they would read something that was content ahead for us. So they would read and then it was they'd read one chapter and then close the book and you'd have to wait till the next day. Right. And and it would always leave you on a cliffhanger, right? Just like, then I was like, oh, wait, is this what reading is about? For me, that was like the point where I started to tune in and was interested. Reading for me growing up, learning to read was very challenging and very difficult. I was a delayed reader, probably due to a lot of my vision issues. And I wasn't able to track from the end of one line to the beginning of the next line, it was a lot of hard work. It was um, really, really difficult socially, emotionally to know that you're in like the lowest reading group in your elementary class. Right. You know, because it had to be hard. Whether they called it a color or an animal or whatever, you knew these fork students or whatever were like the lowest readers. And I was always grouped with that group until... That read aloud that the teachers would do, I engaged. It had some meaning. I think I also gained more vocabulary and context and just got more excited about it and then would practice. And so for me, that that's when it really took off. And probably 
I can pinpoint why my undergraduate degree is in elementary education, and I did teach elementary school um, for many years before we had kids, and that's probably why I went in to teaching was just my love and passion for literacy and wanting people to read. I think the more we can learn about words and language and emotion and all of that stuff, the more every other category opens up so that kids can study and learn about life. Yeah, and it it excites them. I mean, as you talk about that, I was having some memories come back to me of of being in school as well. And and I remember the teacher reading to me, like, where the red fern grows. Oh, yeah. And they end in, and we're all like, okay, do we emote? Do we not emote? Yeah, do you cry in class? Right. (laughs) Right, right. You know, you're like, oh, do I fight that back? Do I let it come out? You know, and and you're feeling that, right? I mean, that's an emotional book. And Call of the Wild, you know, another classic. I remember hearing that. And and then it also made me think, you know, in, in our adult years now and with other teachers that we knew, I mean, I would go to a couple classes and read aloud to the classes. And what a joy that was. Uh, I remember reading Melvin Bubble and doing all the voices. I mean, taking it to that next level, not just reading the words. Yeah, but If you haven't heard of this picture book, <laughs> who is yeah, Melvin who Bubble? Who is Melvin Bubble? Uh, it, it's just a lot of fun to read to younger kids, especially when you throw different voices in there. And uh, I just had a blast with that. That was a good time. So, yeah, reading aloud, I think it's great for the reader and for the listener. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's just that shared experience. And, and uh, you know, I think of, of books that we have read either together as a family or individually, and then the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and of course it's different, but yet it's the same because it's it's kind of a read aloud kind of thing. Right. But if a book has been turned into a movie, that's a different way of experiencing the content. Right. And does it live up to your expectations or not? And we would have long discussions about, you know, oh yeah, this was really good and this one, oh boy, they missed so much, or they changed the character and you know, <laughs> just the Probably all, most of the time, 90% of the time, Olsons would say the book is still better than, yeah, than the movie. But for people who don't read as much, that's a nice way of getting those books yeah, in. Yeah, another way to get <laughs> that story. Yeah, exactly. to go see the movie. It may not be exact, but if, if that is your only reference to the story, phenomenal, right? Still to be enjoyed. You know, as I look back at our, our early relationship, you know, when we got together, one of the things, the many things that I have fondness for is the time we spent reading aloud together. This is something that you introduced to our relationship because of your, your love and passion for reading. And I remember you saying, hey, let's read this book together out loud. And I was just like, huh, what? Yeah. Was that even an option? That, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that was a choice. Right? This is what yeah. people do together? What? And, you know, obviously families, you know, a child, an adult, whatever, but in a relationship, that was kind of new to me and, and, I, and it was new. And I was like, and, and then we did it. And that was really cool. I thoroughly enjoy when we do that together. Yeah, I think it's something very unique. I don't think a lot of couples or young married people or people in relationship think to do that as an activity together. As opposed to like game night, movie night, like read aloud. Standard, yeah. Yeah, read aloud night. You know, we, we really, really focus a lot as a society on reading to young, young non-readers. Like that's that's what read aloud kind of 
that's that's what the description is, right? Right, like, right. Like, well, you read aloud because they don't know the words, they can't read, so you read to them. But what about reading with? Right. Yeah. And that's what that's what we did. We'd find really great books we were both really interested in. And most of the time I read aloud to you and you listened and thought and dreamed and whatever you do in your head. Right, right. Um, True. Sometimes you'd read, but most of the time you preferred that I read to you. And but we still were reading together yeah. aloud. Mm-hmm. And it is a great way. Um sometimes we don't prioritize reading by ourselves, right? And so yeah. it's a way to get in books you have on your book stand that you're like, oh, here's the five books I'm going to get to. It's, <laughs> yes. it's a way to do it. If you're scheduling that as like a date night or a scheduled time, uh, reading 20 minutes before bed or early in the morning, whenever it fits in your, your schedule, then you're actually having contact time with your partner and you're getting your reading in as well whatever content you wanted to. Read. Yeah, right. It, it does it does both things, and, it, and it's definitely different than the television. I mean, we can watch a show or we can watch a movie together and have that, that experience together, but reading together, it's different because you're now in control of the real, right? I mean, you're not in control of the commercials. I mean, I mean unless you've got your remote there, you're right. playing with the mute button or <laughs> yeah. you know, you're stopping the movie or whatever, but how many people stop and talk about a movie when it's playing, right? That, that probably doesn't happen. Maybe you talk about it afterwards, but... But in the book, you know, we would talk about, you know, the character development and the way things are going and, and things like that. And and it would just, I don't know, it would just really, I think, brought us even closer to each other and having that experience. I just really look back on that fondly. We don't do it as often as we used to, but we do it on occasion and I still greatly enjoy that time. Yeah, so it's just something something new to think about if you don't read, partner read, read aloud as adults. Just something fun to consider. Yeah, and pick your genre that you both enjoy and and give it a shot. And I, I think the intimacy that's gained um, with any kind of relationship, I think is really, really good. Yeah. And of course, we read when our kids came along, we read to them. We They read to us when they were able to then. You know, you do the, you read one page, I read one page. Back and forth. Um, We would read when we were camping. We would read in the car on vacations and car trips. Sometimes uh, it was fairly new that you could get a book on CD or, you know, or or book on tape, whatever. And sometimes we would all listen to a book on a road trip, which has almost now become the podcast and, right. and and those kinds of things. But but we used to get in book reading when the kids were younger and elementary school age in lots of different ways, not just reading to them at night. And eventually then they became independent readers in their beds. And well, our older two are just voracious readers. You couldn't, we would have to go in and they'd have flashlights right. under, <laughs> under their under the covers because they just couldn't put their book down. Yeah, and I attribute a lot of that to early being read to, and being introduced to story and narrative, and other people's experiences, and wanting to learn and be curious about the world. Yeah, and it was a great time. I look back fondly uh, to the, all the different books that we had read and. And sometimes we'll still say phrases from those books when we get together, right? If something ties into to the situation, 
you know, that we're at or, or, or we're, we're camping and, and we find a tree stump and one of us will jump onto it and say, you know, I'm the Lorax and I speak for the trees. Or, you know, we're reciting these different phrases that, that we have learned in these books that, that brought some specialness, some, some connectedness to us. And it brings that memory right back, right? Right. It's almost even like um, inside family jokes. Right. It, <laughs> it really kind of, is. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah, because you've had that shared experience yeah. of story. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think historically, you know, definitely society has changed as to what we do for entertainment, right? Because in the olden days, you know, pre-television, you know, there was the radio or pre-radio, there was books. And I'm sure there was a lot of reading that went on uh, aloud uh, to each other as, as families would probably share story and do these things. And uh, but of course, it all depends on how many people could read. I mean, reading was not not everybody could do it. No, way it was back a luxury, when, right? It was a luxury. Mm-hmm, so sure. so things have really changed and evolved. But the story, the story has been there for generations, and we've always had story, right? I mean, sitting around a campfire telling generational stories of the past, you know, doing the oral traditions and and sharing things that way. And now we've got stories that are written, and we're still sharing the story, right? And I love how you mentioned campfire. I think that just goes so far back into the history of the world. And it wasn't reading a story, but it was reciting it. So you right. had you you memorized it by hearing it over and over and then the retelling. And then eventually, like when our parents were younger, it was radio. Yep. And boy, if you were affluent enough to have a radio in your home, what did everybody do at night? They gathered around almost like a campfire right, right. and listen to story yeah. over, over the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's has morphed into television and movies and lots of other different things. But it, I think it's just so important to have that time. Yeah. It, it, it brings us together. It helps us to share experiences, you know, be it, you know, makeup, made believe stories, be it factual, be it news uh, around the world, store other people's actual life stories that we're sharing. And and it, I think it does bring us together and it helps us to maybe to feel and to share our feelings as to, you know, how we look at the world and how we perceive things that are going on and all these different shared experiences. Yeah, I love that it can provide a place to predict and guess at what the characters are going to do right in a safe in a safe way you're sort of living out some consequences and choices and then you get to read the next chapter or the next chapter and figure out what actually happened and why you think your your ending should be better or not so it's great discussion between people whether it's with your kids or grandkids or your partner your friends to safely explore different options and different different choices and things. Yeah, and to express that angst that you're feeling for the character, right? Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, geez, I hope they don't do this. And, right. You know, we even do that on television shows. You know, it's even the ones that, you know, you predict them. You know they're going to do it, but you're just like, yeah, don't do it, don't do it. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. And it really is a safe way to explore your emotions as well. You talked about where the red fern grows. I don't think any listener here doesn't know that that, story has a sad ending. Yeah. And so where it is 
not you it's so relatable but not your own life but you can still express the emotion that the character is going through and connect to it right because you have felt sadness yes it's some some matter or form in your life we have felt sadness and so you can relate to that and loss and and joy or whatever the feeling is that's occurring in the book you know the story we relate to that at some level through our own experience so I, I think choosing to read aloud together, actually consciously choosing to read aloud together, I think is a great way to build those connections between us, between friends, between family, uh, where, wherever you are. I think it's just a great way to further those relationships. Another way that reading aloud really helped me was when I was in junior high and high school. If I had really difficult content, by then your teachers, you go like from class to class to class. You're not just in one classroom like in elementary school. Right, yeah. So you go by subject. And sometimes I would take challenging coursework. And when it came time to reading a chapter or a section of the content, the teacher would like assign it for you to read it at home that night. Sure. Right? Yep. Instead of like reading it in class. And so I would read and then I wouldn't test very well. And eventually what I figured out that worked for me was to take my textbook to our basement and I would actually read the chapter or the section aloud in a room in my basement to myself. So I was not reading to a parent. I was not reading to a sibling. I was just reading it to myself. And in that way, for me, it helped me to understand the content better than reading it in my mind to myself, not out loud. So an auditory thing, man. So it helped you not only seeing the print, but then hearing those words go I through think, your brain again, I right? think hearing my own voice say the words helped create some synapses or something mm-hmm. for me as a learner. And I, I don't necessarily think that I'm an auditory learner, but when difficult content came up, that was the one way that I taught myself right. how to retain the information. And, and, and it was just a trigger that worked for me. I think it's so great that you figured that out early on. To, to do that and, and to take that space and to actually, yeah, I'm going to go to the basement because I know this works. Well, when I would do that and read it out loud, rather than just sitting with a book and highlighting it or, mm-hmm. or, you know, or just reading it in your head or, or whatever it was. And I really don't think it was because there was less distraction. Even that that could be a help too, right? Well, true. Yeah. Get away from the noise. Yeah. But, you know, because I lived with a busy family. But I really think it was reading out loud and hearing the content. Uh, my test scores went up and up and up because that made sense to me. You probably remembered everything better, right? I mean, the ability then, because you saw it, so you've got the visual memory, you've got now the auditory memory. And so when something would pop up in a test or whatever, it probably triggered then and go, oh, oh yeah, I've got that other connection now. And you made that, I mean, you could, oh yeah, this was that topic. and So this was reading it, right? loud just isn't for toddlers, is what I'm, is what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> right, be creative right. with it. Right. 
You know, as I think about things that I've built and assembled along the way or, or tough concepts too, I think I've done the same thing where I would then need to say it out loud and read the, read those instructions out loud. You know, not, you know, I like the pictures best, but, but because <laughs> I'm visual, but to be able to read the words on something that, that is hard to get and hard to understand. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I agree. I think that really helps to hear it auditorily. It helps less, I think, if someone else is reading an instruction set to me. That's kind of a different thing. I, I've got to I've got to internalize it on my own pace. Yeah, I think it I think it has to be it's different things for different people. So right. try lots of different modes, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and find out what works for you. You know, another thing is is that I've always enjoyed writing um, ever since I was like forever young. I mean, I'm writing poems when I was in elementary school. I just always loved writing, had an English teacher in high school that was super hard on me, but I learned a lot from him and I greatly appreciate him just pushing back and go, Mike, this is crap. Uh, this is why. And taught me how to write. And, and so I really appreciate that, especially with the essay format, because everything had to be an essay format. And one of the big things I learned is that he told me to read this aloud. He goes, how does this sound? Not just how does it read, how does this sound? And you learn that that same experience you're talking about. When you hear your own words come back to you, uh, it's easier to find how that sounds and make corrections because the brain is really tricky. Like if you've got a double word in whatever you're writing, the brain will just skip right over it and immediately oh, read enough. it correctly. Yeah, it, it will It will immediately omit that second word like it's proofreading for you, and you've missed that mistake. Where if you say it out loud, it forces the, the whole point of cognition is different. And, and so you look at it and you go, oh, that that's not right. Or I that, repeated that word <laughs> twice. Exactly. Or that comma's in the wrong spot. I should not have a comma there. Um, you know, typical error where I need a comma. I need a pause there. Or, you know, the phrasing doesn't sound right. This doesn't ring true. We use that word a lot. That doesn't ring true. Mm. What does it mean to ring true? Well, it means it's auditory, right? How does something sound? And so that's something I passed on to our kids as they were working on their papers, writing, you know, essay after essay for other classes. They weren't fans and really didn't believe you at first. They didn't. They pushed back. They're like, no, 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 no. I don't need to read this out loud to myself. Yeah. But I, I say 100% it helped them every time become better writers. Absolutely. They could see an immediate difference. And they still didn't always do it because sometimes they say, Dad, could you read this for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I'd say, did you read it first? You proof it first, then bring it to me, and then I'll read it out loud. And I would do that. I would pick their print a piece of paper, get a red pen, go to the other room, and I would read it out loud myself because I know that that's the best way to catch these things. I do the same thing when I write things, technical documents for work, um, application notes for our customers. I'm going to read that thing out loud because I know that that is the best way to find the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. I don't think that's a skill we practice in school or are told. I think your English teacher or your writing, creative writing teacher, whoever that was, mm -hmm. was unique in, in teaching that to you. Yeah. That was a huge skill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should talk about that more. So I just think reading aloud has so many benefits. We'll probably just highlight just a few of our favorites mm -hmm. probably. Um, kids get to hear a fluent reader before as they're learning reading. People say, oh, oh, let the kid, you know, you, you read to me. And as they struggle saying one word, one word sounding out one word, it isn't a complete 
sentence, thought. There's not the momentum of a fluent right. reader. Mm-hmm. And so to do, they need to sound out words as well as they're learning. But really, reading aloud, the benefit of it is they get to hear what it's supposed to sound like. So they have a goal to reach for. Oh, that's what the sentence should sound like when I read all of the words in a row at the right pace. Right. And so when they do it then, now they've got a chance to improve their reading of it because they're more likely then to hear what it sounds like when they read and go, oh, and now I can change. I'm going to change my inflection. I'm going to change my timing. I'm going to change all kinds of things. You know, I, I remember in Sunday school, you know, I would have the kids read passages and you know, it's, sometimes, it's hard for some people to read aloud. It's difficult. I mean, we all have different skill levels, and it needs to be a safe space so that whoever is reading has respect and, and to know that we all have different abilities at this. And the goal is to encourage each other, improve, and get better, right? So nobody gets to make fun of anybody else. And I remember having some kids that had a hard time reading aloud, and I would just let them read aloud. And, and I would even let them mess with the words, because I just wanted them to say the words out loud to build their confidence. And if you want to come up with some goofy inflections, to make the other kids laugh, to lighten the mood, go for it. I just want you to speak the words so you can hear well, yourself, right? And really to have that positive experience, because I can speak as a struggling beginning reader mm-hmm. that it was humiliating and anxiety producing. And some of those kids that you're mentioning, if you let them mispronounce or, you know, fake a word till they make it, all those kinds of things, they're at least then having a positive experience with reading aloud to a group rather than a negative one. So they can start associating that with something positive. Yeah. And and it was huge. And then, and then you gently correct pronunciation. You know, you're not. I hard think on. that person's name is so and so. So and so, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah, this is what this is, and 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 then you can even turn it into the next thing, which is vocabulary. Do you know what that word means? I mean, reading aloud is at all ages, even still for me now, learning new words. It you can't not read some content and find not find a new word that you do not know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you've memorized there. the dictionary, I think there's always new words to learn. How exciting is that? Right. They're there. And and so I think of, you know, made me think of word of the day, right? Me carrying around the dictionary. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking up words too. So vocabulary, it's a great way to learn new words. Especially with young, young readers, but I would include adults in that as well. And really, I think we just want to say reading aloud isn't just for bedtime anymore. And now it's time for word of the day. All right. Here's a word. You thought of it. So good job. We were like kind of struggling for a bit. And then all of a sudden we came up with a bunch of different words. The word of the day is bibliophile. You may be this and have not even known it. What's the definition? So the definition is a lover of books. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's it. Plain and simple. You may have that condition. If so, best cure, I think, is to read more books. Allowed. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this episode encourages you to explore ways to deepen and strengthen your relationships. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or listen to us on our website, 
connectingwithma.com. Remember to hit the like button and tell a friend.